as you get older, you mature, your life changes, maybe you get a wife, maybe you get some kids. The end of the story is you need to be able to make sure that you're making the appropriate investments to set yourself up for success. And the government and the military aren't going to do it for you. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? All right. Today we're here with Mr. Greg Rollins, Marine pilot and now owner of Righteous Rentals, a short-term rental, correct? Yep. Awesome. Hey, thanks for coming in today. And just want to see if you give us a little bit of, uh, you know, about your business and then a little bit, maybe start with your background with the Marine Corps so we can make fun of each other a little bit and uh, continue to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. I, it's my pleasure. Yeah. So I, uh, I started out as a uh, pilot in the Marine Corps. I uh, joined the Marine Corps in 2010, third generation naval aviator. Uh, my grandfather flew in World War II. My dad flew 46s in Desert Storm. And then I flew Hueys. Joined in uh, 2010, went to flight school shortly after TBS, uh, got my wings in 2013, uh, selected Hueys, came out here to the West Coast and been out stationed out here at Camp Pendleton ever since, uh, served my nine years and and got out, got to see some really cool stuff. It was, it was a blast. I wouldn't change it for anything. During my time at the end, specifically when I was over with SP MAGTAF in 2017, I was starting to look at my career and I was right around, you know, that eight, nine year mark, you, you know, you're coming up about that halfway to retirement and you're like, man, what am I going to do with my, what am I going to do? Am I going to, yeah. am I going to stick with it? Am I going to pull chocks and get out or, you know, what am I going to do? And what I came to the realization was that regardless of whether I was staying in or staying out, I needed to start focusing more on my long-term investments and what I'm going to do and set myself up for the future regardless of whether it would included the military or not. So I started digging into that and it, it's kind of it sucks a little bit because they don't really teach you how to use your VA loan and how to do all of the things that you should be doing right. with your VA when you first get in the military, either at either at boot camp or OCS or TBS or whatever. Um, I think it is kind of lacking as far as education on that. So it took me a while, like mm -hmm. most people, to get my feet underneath me and start doing that. But uh, once I did, I realized how powerful that VA purchasing tool is right. and the massive purchasing power we have available to us as, as military members and as right. veterans. And so I was like, man, I got to start using this thing. So I, I actually bought my house sight unseen from Kuwait here in Oceanside, California. I don't recommend that to anybody. Um, but I bought it sight unseen after the deployment, I came back home, I started the renovation. The original plan was to flip it and make quick money. Cause mm -hmm. at the time I thought that was the only way you could make money in real estate. Right. And I came back home, renovated it, tried to flip it underwater, went over buzzard on the reservation, getting ready to go back out for a deployment UDP to Okinawa, Japan. And I was like, man, I got to do something with this house. Like I, I don't want to sell it and lose money. Obviously that's the opposite of what right. I was trying to it's accomplish. It's not an investment. <laughs> yeah. And if I put a long-term tenant in there, you know, I'd be losing about a thousand dollars a month with the mm -hmm. difference between the mortgage and the market rents at the time. Right. 
And so I was like, man, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Somebody suggested to me, hey, have you thought about doing short-term vacation rentals? And I was like, no, not really. And so I dug into it. I ended up taking a course for it. I I spent about $2,000 on a course to go ahead and learn all the ins and outs of running a vacation rental. And then I ran it while I was deployed in Okinawa. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting. It was an interesting time because the time difference between Okinawa and California is almost opposite. So in the middle of the night while I was trying to sleep, I had people trying to check in and all the problems associated with, you know, check-ins, you know, people can't get in the lock and, you know, they can't find the house or whatever. So what that did though, is it forced me to create a very systems-based business model. And so that allowed me to build the systems, focus on the systems and let the systems work for me as opposed to me having to do all the manual labor. So it basically forced me to make it right. really efficient, which was a blessing in disguise. Sure. So after I got back from Okinawa and I went back at the books and I looked at everything, it, it turned out to be a success. I actually made money on the property while I was deployed, which I was just happy that I was making money right. and that it wasn't sitting empty. Right. But when I got back and did the analysis and figured out that it was actually profitable, I was like, holy cow. Like I gotta, I gotta start sharing this with people. And so I started talking to people about it. And to my surprise, people were like, Hey, would you manage mine for me? Would you manage mine? I thought, I thought I was going to get like, Hey man, thanks for letting me know. Like I'm going to do that. I'll definitely look into it. But it was more along the lines of, Hey, would you do it for me? And I was like, sure. So I started my property management business. This was fast forward now to spring of 2019. So I had just come back from, we had supported the vice president there at the end. So we actually got our deployment extended a little bit. And then, so we came back January of 2019. Did you, you knew at that point you were going to leave? No, I didn't. Oh, no. you were still undecided. I was still undecided. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I, I came back and I was like, all right, sweet. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this. Also what I was doing at the same time, I had also started another business, a turnkey investment property company mm-hmm. in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. And so I was actually doing that and managing my vacation rental and being deployed while over in Okinawa. Me and my business partner in Arkansas ended up parting ways, but I was doing that. And and for all of you guys that aren't, that are listening, that may not know what turnkey is, is essentially what we would do is we would buy a house that is distressed, put some forced depreciation into it. So renovations essentially. So we renovate the house, we'd throw a renter in it, and then it would be an income producing property. We would then sell that package freshly renovated with a renter to a military investor Mm -hmm. and they would make money on it as an investment property. So that was our turnkey business. And again, we operated out of Little Rock, Arkansas, where, you know, the market rents are, you can easily pay your mortgage and then, and then some, Uh, you can't really do that here in San Diego, but out in the Midwest, uh, Memphis, Little Rock are those, all those places. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very easy to cash flow uh, with just normal long-term rents. Right. So I was doing that, managing the vacation rental. But then, so when I got home, we parted ways with, it was Conquest Investments. uh, That was the name of the turnkey company. Mm -hmm. We parted ways. And then I was actually up for orders. I was going to UMASAR, UMA Search and Rescue. Uh, I actually had orders to UMA Search and Rescue to go and do that, which is now no longer a job. Apparently they they took that away. So (laughs) they had enough of that. (laughs) I'm glad glad that I didn't take that job because I would have been out of a job, probably pushing papers or doing Mm -hmm. something down there. So I'm glad I didn't do that. That was a blessing in disguise. 
But yeah, I, I, it came up, I came up for orders and I, and I was just like, man, like there's something here. And I, and I got to the point in my career where it was, I had served my time. I had deployed three times. I was kind of plateauing. I felt like I was kind of plateauing. It just wasn't the same. I didn't have the same hunger for it anymore. And I realized that I could do much more good serving my country, serving the people that are serving by getting out and doing this and helping people in this area where I knew there was, there was a gap. There was, there was a lack of education. There was a lack of people that are helping people that need the help. Right. And so that was, I I made the decision to go ahead and do that. And so I got out July uh, of 2019. And when I got out, we were managing two properties in just here in North County. So it was my house in Oceanside and Uh one other in Vista and now we're managing uh, 19 in three states. So nice. uh, in the in the course of a year, we've we've that's a good good growth. Yeah, 10x, not too bad. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> a little grant card or something. There. Yeah, a little something there. <laughs> Guess you're onto something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've just been focusing on that. I got together with my uh, business partner Anthony Gant, who's out in Austin, Texas. We partnered up and we're running Righteous Rentals, uh, which is our property management company. And then At Ease, which is a, uh, a full-on booking channel that mm-hmm. we're building um, so that when you go on PCS or TAD, TDY, whatever, um, you're not restricted to staying in hotels. You'll actually be able to stay at a vacation rental and not have to worry about the risk of get reimbursement and all that stuff. Which I think is huge because, um, especially people with families, it's it's so much more conducive. I think if you're if you're coming from overseas or cross country or something, you're waiting for furniture for several right. weeks, or or you got to find your place to live. Right. Uh, you know, your family can get back to business as usual or as right. close to usual as what we're used to. Right. And uh, you know, not living in a couple of hotel rooms or yeah. Gateway Inn or you know. I mean, even even something as simple as you know the uh, the spouse being able to cook. I'm not saying that the active duty member doesn't cook, right? But like nine times out of ten, you're just the, saying you didn't cook when you're. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I lied and have a spouse <laughs> or kids. So, <laughs> but um, no, like just being able to cook a meal for mm-hmm. your children and like have them be able, you know, n- not a microwave meal or right. having to pay ridiculous amounts of dollars to go and eat out every night. Right. Like, uh, being able to eat healthy, being able to, uh, if you have a pet to have a yard for your dog or right. for your kids or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know, exactly what you're saying. Like just live normally right. during this forced transition that, you know, you're being ordered to do. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's a big piece too, because, uh, as we know, if, if, whatever you do doesn't fit within the little, little guidelines, <laughs> the playbook of the military, yeah. you're not getting money. Right. You know, yep. <laughs> it's not even a, it's not even a debate like, right. Oh, did you check this? No, sorry. Yep. You know, that's on you now. Yep. And, th- and that's how the whole business got started. My, uh, my business partner, Anthony, uh, had that exact problem where he, he moved to Austin for his current billet and he got his per diem. Mm-hmm. He, he knows his per diem rate. And so he went out and he found an Airbnb that was cheaper than the per diem rate. Right. So he's, he's like, well, I'm saving the government money. Like I'm right. helping them out. Like, and then he went to go get reimbursed and they're like, nope. And I was just, he was just like, what? Like what why? Is going on? Yeah. And then there's, there's just a lot of bureaucratic stuff that goes into it. I won't belabor you with it, but it just kind of set him on the path to be like, Hey, this needs to get fixed. Mm-hmm. And then 
like I said, shortly thereafter, I was lucky enough to meet him and, you know, I was working similar angles. Me focused more on the military homeowner, right. but we realized that nine times out of 10, that's usually the same person. It's, mm-hmm. it's the military homeowner that's leaving the military home and transitioning to somewhere else. Right. So they're running into that PCS problem and then they're leaving a vacant home that they may or may not be underwater on right. or, you know, or have the knowledge of how to ex- monetize it or yeah. take care of it you yeah. know, from, from away. Exactly. Um, cause they'll be running the same thing. You are people calling them at, you know, right. 1am <laughs> like, Oh, Hey, you know, Oh, sorry. It's five o'clock here. So yeah, exactly. yeah, no, for sure. And that's huge. And, and I think you hit something earlier, like when you started into that, that process of how you got into your business that I think is huge is, and we've talked about this on a couple of the other podcasts of how there are plenty of people who target military, but there mm-hmm. are a lot less that actually try to fix a problem and right. be a solution for it, you know, and actually give the value. So, um, um, you know, I appreciate that. So yeah. I appreciate you kind of taking that step and uh, yeah. trying to create something that fixes those problems. And Anthony as well. I think those are, are huge things and uh, fill a void and allow people to start, uh, I don't know, making any kind of income or just an easier life when they're dealing with, you know, a shit ton of other things. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, and I think it's a common misconception, at least for the civilian world. And I didn't, I didn't realize that how bad the misconception was Mm -hmm. until I got out the the civilian world has this idea that, Oh, you're in the military. So you're going to get taken care of for the rest of your life. Right. It's like, no, not really. (laughs) Like, you know, you can get the VA and you can get disability and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And you know, if you retire, you can get a retirement paycheck, but even that's going away Mm -hmm. with the blended um, retirement. So it's like, they're not really getting taken care of. And, and that's one thing, and maybe it's a common misconception for a lot of people in the military, especially mm-hmm. it was for me when I was younger in the military, you know, when I was a first lieutenant, second lieutenant, it is I thought like, I'm going to be set or even I'm going to be a career Marine. So right. I'm going to be set. But then, you know, as you get older, you mature, your life changes, maybe you get a wife, maybe you get some kids or whatever, like things change. And, yeah. you know, your plan at the beginning may not be the plan at the end. The end of the story is you need to be able to make sure that you're making the appropriate investments to set yourself up for whatever success, whatever path you end up choosing. And the government and the military aren't going to do it for you. No, not at all. And and I think when people think of uh, retirement and like your pension and even when you're younger and yeah, a lot of people don't recognize when they come in and same, like you said, civilians like, oh, well, you know, you do 20 and you get half your pay. Yeah your half your pay isn't shit. And and, and we've kind of gone into this a little bit before, but um, the military way of accounting isn't necessarily (laughs) matched with everyone else. So those allowances, like people think housing allowance, Oh, they're giving you money for housing. It's like, not really, you have your pay and then they break it down into their little divvies of money. Right. And in in a way it's more just to limit how those things go up. But then when you retire, you just get half your base pay. Right. No one could live on base pay. Yeah. Not in today's world. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're like, like without your flight pay or any special duty pays yeah. or any, any of those things that add right. up, there's all these little things that make things sustainable. Even yeah. the younger you are, the more you need those little things right. just to get by. Yeah. But then when you retire, no, that's 50% of that base pay, which is really is about 50% of what your pay probably is right. when you're in. So yeah. Yeah. It's just something that people don't really take a look at. And, and I think, I think you're right too. Some people rely on that or the concept of that 
their whole career. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, I'm almost there. And then like, oh shit, I'm not yeah. done. Like yeah. I'm, I'm retiring, but I am by far not done. Yeah. You know? My, uh, a great story. My, my dad was a, a career Marine. He was in for 28 years, mm-hmm. uh, got out as a Lieutenant Colonel and he had to go get another job. Yeah. Like here's a dude that literally spent almost 30 years of his life giving it to this organization and he couldn't live on what they were giving him at the end of the day. And he, he just, yeah. he had to go get another job. And so that happens every day. Probably cause you were spending all his money. That's probably <laughs> me. <Maybe. laughs> I'm guessing you had something to do with that, but no, that's very true though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of people don't, I, I think a lot of people with the best intentions and I was guilty parts of times of this, you, you try to do your best and you feel like, Oh, I'm just going to be the best at my job. But if you don't take care of right. other things outside of the military yeah. along the way, you, when you, when you walk away, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah. There. I had a, I had a squadron CEO, uh, towards the end of my career who, who had a really great philosophy. He was like, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, you have to prepare for war and he talked about, you know, mental, physical, and then spiritual in that spiritual column, he looped in kind of like your home life. Mm-hmm. And, and that includes investments, Finances, making yeah. sure, making sure that you're set, making sure that your family is set. Like, in the event that you, you know, God forbid, lose your life while, mm-hmm. while you're in the line of duty, like leaving those, those investments, leaving those things for your children or your grandchildren or your wife mm-hmm. or your spouse or whoever, like it's our, it's our duty, our obligation to make sure that we're doing that. Right. So, and again, I just think there's a massive lack of education in providing all service members with that knowledge of how to do that and how to do it correctly. Right. Right. No. And I agree. And it's a part of me feels like, okay, it's not the Navy's responsibility, not the Marines, Marine Corps responsibility, not the Army's responsibility necessarily, but there's so many other things that a lot of time spent on. I think it would be, it would serve the services a lot to include some of these things, a little bit higher education and some of that. I don't know what they call it. Probably the same since we're, yep. you know, similar, but the command, command financial specialist, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, which, exactly. Which is cool, but that's mostly, I mean, these people, that's, that's a collateral duty. They've already got a ton right. of shit they're doing. Right. That's like helping people. Like I want to move off base here. Let me see if you can balance your checkbook. And do you know how much your expenses are? Yeah. It's not investing. <laughs> like, it's not that stuff. They're not trained for that. And some right. of them know more than others and, and really try to share. And it's right. not, it's not a lack of effort. I feel on their part. No, but it's, it's a, collateral duty that they take on to be helpful. It's right. not a profession. It's not like something that they really train on. Right. So I think that that's, and that's almost to, in my experience, the highest level of financial education that's really given right. unless you stumble across right. a mentor or someone who shares this right. information. Right. And I, and I, you know, as a, as an officer, you know, it doesn't have to be specifically sanctioned by the military organization. Exactly. Like that's your obligation as an officer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, would you allow one of your enlisted personnel to go out and spend all of their money on a brand new Camaro at 20% interest? No, like the same thing is for investing in real estate right. or investments in general. Like don't let them go put it on a, you know, heavily feed mutual fund. Right. Like, and, but again, that requires education on the officer's part exactly. to be able to teach that. And and that's where mm-hmm. I think we're just kind of lacking. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really, again, not the military members fault. It's 
kind of education as a whole because yeah, even even in the civilian world yes. like you're still not getting that education mm-hmm. of how to invest where to invest what all. red flags to look for and you could be a skeptic and be like oh that's the that's the big big evil corporations <laughs> plan so that they can scam you but yeah. it's like okay well you don't want to get scammed like educate yourself Edu- yeah exactly and I, and i think kind of to that the part of like you know the obligations and people aren't trained to do that it's crazy how even the in someone who's slightly uh, informed can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just by starting that uh, conversation, like you could be talking to another one of your, you know, your, your pilots in the squadron. You could talk to one of the crew chiefs in your squadron or something yeah. like that. And just showing interest in talking about financial matters, like sparks yeah. interest and sparks everyone right. to take more of a like note. I'm like, Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll look into this. Right. And I know I've had a few people like, and I could sit here and probably name a few of them where I know like during a break or like in between or if we're on travel, we're like sometimes joking, sometimes making you fun. You're like, that was stupid. Uh, you bought that option. That sucked, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, you know, poking fun of each other, but it is also just kind of that like banter of like, cool, yeah. we're talking about this and we're, yes. we're taking action and doing it. Yes. And I learned a lot from it, from those people and, and really just from the situation. Yeah. And like you said, it's not the military's really responsibility to teach people things. Right. But the thing different from civilian side is with the military, people are plucked from wherever they are Mm -hmm. and they don't always get to decide where they're dropped off. Right. So you could have grown up in an area where, Hey, you know, like this gorgeous house that I grew up in is $150,000 and you're dropped in San Diego. You're like, I need to get a one bedroom condo, but I don't have a half million dollars. Right. You know, or they don't know how to, right. so it's like just, you know, there's right. the sticker shock. There's the like, right. just adjusting to these things. Right. So I think that's the part where I feel like, like you said too, it's a little bit of all of our obligation to give back and share those information to try to make that a little bit easier on everyone. Right. You know, because yeah, that's, that can be tough. Yeah. And, and I think you hit on it. I, I think just talking about it is mm-hmm. a lot of times enough again, towards the end of my, my career in the Marine Corps, obviously I was doing this a lot of the time Uh and it was kind of cool because towards the end, I would actually have people coming up to me and like asking questions because they realized that I was doing it Mm -hmm. and I would talk about it a lot, specifically when we were flying, if we're doing a cross country where we're just, you know, it's radio science, you're not really doing a whole lot. You know, I'd talk with the crew chiefs about it. I'd be like, mm-hmm. hey, so what are you what are you doing to invest? Like, what are you doing to yeah. like, you know, make sure you're set up for your future? And eventually it got to the point where I became like that guy. Yeah. And then people would come to me with questions. And right. that was and that was really cool because mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I'm making an impact. Like yeah. I'm helping these people. And that that was probably the most rewarding part of it. Yeah, that's huge. And and it is very rewarding. And I know there's a few times like when I've t- you know, kind of tried to do the same thing. And then I am learning so much because I'm like, I do, you know, someone's yeah. sharing a story of what they're trying to do on some kind of investment or some kind of thing. I'm right. like, holy crap. I didn't, I didn't, know you do I that. didn't think of that. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Now I'm going right. to share it to everybody I can, exactly. you know, because you never know. Like sometimes we go through and if you don't take the time to know the people around you or listen to the people around you, there's some people doing some phenomenal stuff yeah. that just quietly are going about doing their doing their business, doing yep. their job. And then you're going, wait, what, wait, you're doing what Yeah, on the, on the side? That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the beauties of, of being in the military and being in the service. Like all of us are in like the top one percentile. Like there's nobody that is like really a, a super dumb person or a very incapable person. Cause they all get weeded out. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, I guess that's probably one of my biggest revelations after getting out is like how actually 
very, very good. Everybody in the service is comparatively to the pop, the general population. Mm-hmm. And so everybody in the military has 100% capability to do these, these basic things. They if, choose to, if they choose to. Yeah. yeah. It's just, again, it's a lack of either understanding know-how or just never drive. been, yeah, just never Sometimes. been presented it. Yeah. Or, or again, yeah. Drive like mm-hmm. for, you know, do I need to do this? Like right. why, you know, again, especially when you're kind young, of those understanding sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. Like when you, especially as the young, young person, like, you know, when I was going through flight school, I'm kicking myself. I should have bought an investment house, but mm-hmm. what did I do? I bought jet skis. Right. Hey, same thing. <laughs> like, same thing, dude. Same yeah, thing. Jet like, skis. Yeah. Like you, you go through that phase, but like, again, it's that like, Hey, if you, you know, have the forward thought of like, Hey, instead of buying the jet skis, mm-hmm. put it into an investment property, it'll be worth millions of dollars by the time you get out. Like, it's so, just, you don't think that far ahead when you're that young. Now what you would do is you would buy the jet skis, rent them out on the weekends, yeah, to pay exactly. for the jet skis, <laughs> exactly. and then eventually wrap them into a package of rent my beach house with my jet skis. There you go. Yeah. There's yeah. a way to make that work too. And there's always a way, right? <laughs> yeah. No, Absolutely. that's, that's awesome. And that's a good, uh, <laughs> well, that is something too that, uh, I've definitely learned and try to like, I, I kind of joke about, but I think is, is true as well. Like sometimes like if we make a decision that isn't the best, or we get in a situation yeah. that's the best, nine times out of 10, you can make something of it. It may not yeah. be the home run, right. but you can hit a single with it. Maybe yeah. a bunt single even, yeah. you know what I mean? But you can turn it into something positive yep. nine times out of 10. Yeah, and that is something I ha- I struggled with as well was I would risk my life every day. I'm mm-hmm. like, I was more comfortable with risking my life than risking my money. I think that's how most of us are. And, like, uh. <laughs> and it's, and, and you're absolutely right. Like when you're going into combat, you know, you get that 80% solution. Like you have to, you have to move. You have mm-hmm. to, you can't just go stagnate. You can't just get that analysis paralysis. You, right. you know, get in there, jump in the pool, like just do it. Like right. you'll, you, you'll fall, you'll stumble, you'll make some mistakes. God knows that I have, but it'll all work out. Like yeah. there's nothing that you're going to do unless you're doing something extremely illegal that mm-hmm. is going to come back and, and really take you down. So right. I think that's probably a huge barrier to entry is people just the fear of the unknown. They just don't know. And I think we learn more with mistakes. Absolutely. Honestly, you know, yeah. I, I think we definitely learn more with mistakes. I think we, when you're willing to acknowledge that right. they're going to happen and that you've made them. Yeah. And, and that's kind of one of the reasons we're having this talk now. So other yeah. people could hear mistakes we made and like, cool, learn from those mistakes. Don't be afraid to make your own. Yeah. And then share those. So I don't make them. Absolutely. You know? yeah. like, I would love that too. Yeah. And there's, there's tons of, t- I love what you're doing here. You know, just, just this, like mm-hmm. helping God knows who else just, you know, get, get in there, get, get in there, motivate them. There's tons of organizations out there. There's tons of tons of information, like do a Google search on like real estate investing on buying a home, like just get into the books, like start reading mm-hmm. and educate yourself. And then it's not as scary. Mm-mm. I feel like now the bigger problem is there's so much information the the biggest problem now is just doing a little bit of vetting, do a right. little bit of um, research <laughs> to vet the information yes. because a lot of, there's a lot of marketing yep. and there's a lot of, uh, you know, misinformation or poor information, yep. but, but by no means does it um, outweigh the phenomenal information that's out there. Right. With just a, but you know, that, that's just the warning I'll throw out there. Yeah. Do a little bit of research, yeah. you know, do, like do that fact vet check. It just a little bit, you do know, that what fact I mean? check. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's huge. And I, and I found, tell me if you found this, but don't get me wrong. 
there's like some phenomenal people who have helped me out on the civilian side that I've met. And like, we've had a couple on, on the podcast already and mm -hmm. just such huge, such a huge help. Yeah. But I've also found that in the kind of the veteran community, like, I mean, that's how, like actually a civilian friend who is doing phenomenal business stuff, like yeah. he, in the short-term business world, like Eric right. Moeller, he put me in contact with you and Anthony yeah. and connected because he knows the things that I'm working on and he sees what you guys are working on. So yeah. again, you know, I, I'm super appreciative of that, Yeah. but also I've, I've learned that uh, just reaching out to other veterans trying to do business things and trying they, they yeah. really are very open in sharing Absolutely. and really collaborative to try to yeah. fix problems because they've already lived through them right or they've seen them or they've acknowledged them and i did have um a chief like when i was gosh my first command you know yeah. i was like young when you were just thinking like why is this like this why is this like this you yeah. know like this could be done better and he you know took the time he's like hey look i agree but i can only change so you know i can right. only fight the the fights that i can right. win now and try to work my way down the list is like the only only thing that i would say is like as long as you stick around or whatever you can do change what you can change you yeah. know make better what you can make better and i feel like a lot of people carry that on beyond their military career like right. hey i saw that i i didn't like the way that was mm -hmm. and now i'm in a place i can change it so right. let's give it a shot you know and so I, i've been very appreciative of that like a lot of open sharing with other yeah. veteran business people yeah especially in the veteran community mm -hmm. like i said like we already have that team mentality built into us you know mm -hmm. it, it, you know whether you're marine army air force navy coast guard whoever like you went through that initial training, you right. went through that initial boot camp, you went through that breakdown, and then you're like, look, look to the left and the right of you. Like those are the people that are gonna be there. And I think that understanding, that fundamental belief is what mm -hmm. makes the veteran community so powerful is because when we get out and we put on our, we hang the uniform up for the last time, we're still on the same team. Right, cool. yeah. That's very true. I, I found too that you don't see, you see, I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen. We all have our bad, you yeah. know what I mean? But there's a lot of uh, so many fewer people that are kind of uh, either like, I don't want to say like jealous or whatever, but want to see you fail because they, they feel like competition with you or something. Yeah. It just doesn't, it's not as prevalent in, yeah. in that community, which right. is, which is phenomenal. I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. I think that's something that, uh, that's a huge reward from that service time Absolutely. is being tied into stuff like that. Yeah. Very huge. Um, well, tell us a little bit then about like, uh, first of all, like what States are you currently running your uh, company out for the short-term rentals? So we're we're in San Diego. That's mm -hmm. our uh, bread and butter here. We started here in San Diego. Uh, we're in Central Texas, mm -hmm. so uh, just outside of Austin and then in uh, San Antonio. Okay. And then we're in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach. Um, beyond that, we're looking to go into Washington, D.C., obviously a huge mm -hmm. military presence there. Mm -hmm. And then Jacksonville, Tampa, Florida area. Yeah, big. yeah so... Awesome. Well, you just hit most of the people that I know um, <laughs> between Jacksonville, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, and uh, yeah. and here. That's like you know ninety percent of naval aviation anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, but that, it, it is a good. I don't know. It's just a good option. Right. You know, that is a good option, and it's good to have someone. I've found, even though like I'm in real estate now as a business, I've I found that I like that separation from my own properties and my own stuff so yes. i hired that out yeah because like to me it's two different things like yep. let's keep that separation yeah since it is business and then like i want to focus on other people's you know taking yep. care of other people and it's just like one less distraction and yep. sometimes you need that 
mental separation between yourself and your own investments. Yeah. I I agree wholeheartedly. 100%. I actually refuse to show up to my property Mm -hmm. when I know that it's dirty. I will not show up uh, until I know that it has been cleaned by the cleaners. Because again, especially with your first investment, your first property, it's your baby. It's, your baby. it's yeah. like the, it's like your firstborn. You're just like, you're so attached to it. And so again, I, I agree with you hundred percent with investments. You need to have that mental detachment. You need right. to be objective about your decisions and what you're doing. And so, yeah, you, you have to build that barrier and, and yeah, to, for mine, I, I refuse because I, if I showed up and it was like all nasty, I'd just be like, yeah, grind my gears. Yeah. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one for sure. I I know one of the things we've talked about a little bit too, are all situations can be a little bit different depending on what people are doing. If they're living in their place part-time, they're renting when they're deployed or they're renting rooms some of the times and stuff like that. And I know we've talked about that and there really are so many scenarios that you can do. And I'm pretty sure like, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there that uh, (laughs) people can reach out to you or or to me um, for sure to just run over some of those uh, you know, some of the options they have, right. you know, and, and I can like connect them to you if they forget yeah. this, but we'll get your contact info, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, like before, like jumping into something, just like reach out and yeah. get a few of the options. Yeah. Because then you can see a little bit of like, Hey, dollar values, or again, learn from, for instance, you're you managing multiple properties in San Diego can give a little bit insight into how in different areas mm-hmm. they're going to perform differently. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes it's a safe place. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's a hybrid because that's what I learned with my properties. You know, the yep. ones in Bay park, I learned that like, Hey, if the sweet spot is running like nine months a year and then right. Airbnb in the, during the uh, summer, yeah, you know, you can crush it there. Or, but if you know, it's it, sometimes it's, it's easier though. Sometimes people won't want to do that. They'll yeah. want to just do the long term. Yeah. Each. Yeah. Uh, long story short, everything is uniquely different. There, there's an infinite amount of scenarios mm-hmm. for how things operate, especially in the vacation rental industry. San Diego, for example, it's 70 and sunny 360 right. days of the year. Like, right. There's really no off season. There's like little mm-hmm. lull seasons, but there's really no off season. Conversely, if you go to Florida, Florida has, and I've talked with a bunch of property managers in in Florida, Mm -hmm. there is a very heavy off season where they go months with zero, zero occupancy. And and then the other times they're a hundred percent booked. Yeah. And so they, you have to build your business model based on where it's location. You know, Uh, you have to fight the battle where you are, Mm -hmm. you know, you just have to look at it take in all of the environmental factors, take in, you know, the seasonality, the days of the week, you know, are you right next to a convention center that's always having events? Like there's tons of, you know, are they, are you next to a neighbor that is super sensitive to noise? Yeah. Like all of those things, you need to look at all of those things when you look at the profitability of a property Mm -hmm. to make sure that it makes sense because you don't want to put yourself in a bad situation where you go and you do that. And then, you know, nine, 10 months down the road, you're like, well, this isn't really working out and you've lost, you know, again, Mm -hmm. get in, make mistakes. And then you go, okay, sweet. Like now I know. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. But to your point, yes. If you have any questions, you want to talk to me about it. We don't charge anything for consultations. We'll talk with you. We'll we'll look at your property. We'll provide a profitability estimate. Right. We'll help you. Like Mm -hmm. we're here to help. We're, we're here to make you succeed. 
like I said, we're here, we're all on the same team. So I want to see more military members taking advantage mm-hmm. of these investment opportunities because at the end of the day, it's it's about their success and it's about right. it's about their long term profitability, their generational wealth. And I think this is a personal belief of mine. I think this lack of education, this lack of understanding, this lack of know how is one of the reasons why we have such a high rate of veteran homeless mm-hmm. in the United States. Like we have so many homeless veterans right now, um, yeah. and it's most of the time it's because they got out, they made some poor decisions. They didn't have any investments to fall back on because they didn't know how to do it or they didn't make the right choices. And then they end up on the streets. And then Mm -hmm. here's a person that signed up, raised his right hand, said he'd give his life for his country. And now he's living under a bridge. Like, right. right. That's not right. Yeah. And can start down a whole different path once you're in that situation. too. exactly. And you kind of talked about as well, like the, the fact that you can give that profitability analysis and yeah. everything. And I know, and I'm imagining it's like this in most places, but San Diego for sure. I mean, a mile difference in where the place is located can make a huge difference on the best yep. use of your property yep. to, to maximize. But sometimes also best, depending on your goals, best use may not be the most money. Right. Right. Like it's sometimes, you know, two different factors, but yep. the, the cool thing that I know we were talking before, not on the interview, but we were talking before about some of these situations. And the cool thing is too, that you're, you're happy to tell people if to meet their goals, the best use is to go yeah. with a long-term rental with someone else right. versus using your, your company to do this, because it really comes out to what's best for that, for the individual. And you want people 100%. to succeed and, and be happy with what they're doing and have the best chance for success. hundred percent. Yeah. And we, when we've turned clients away, we've said, Hey, like this doesn't make sense, man. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a good property. It's not a good vacation rental. So right. again, it's, it's, it's their success, you know, right. and, if you always do the right thing and you look out for that other person, mm-hmm. it's just going to come right back to you. It you does. Know, it, it always comes back. And a couple of those people that I've, I've turned away have actually been like, Hey man, I'm going to buy a new property. Can you do that as a vacation rental? And it's like, they keep coming back because they know that I'm not going to bullshit them. Yeah. They, they're like, Hey, is this going to work? Is this a good idea? Is this, yeah. this, and I'm more than happy to help, help them out doing that. But yeah, you gotta, you have to look at everything holistically. And to your point, it doesn't, necessarily have to cash flow Mm -hmm. again look at the overall picture of the property so like san diego for example where there's 10 percent year over year appreciation on the property you're getting all the tax benefits Mm -hmm. the depreciation the appreciation all of the things that go with just being a homeowner Mm -hmm. and then an investment property homeowner like maybe just breaking even is the best thing because like to be completely honest that was my goal when i went Mm -hmm. to okinawa i was like if i break even because all of my other options were a loss yeah i was like if i break even it's still a huge win sweet yeah like i'm still getting 10 percent on my money yeah and somebody else is paying for it Mm -hmm. somebody else is paying my mortgage like i'm not even paying for it so it depends Mm -hmm. um again look at your property look at your unique situation and if you want some help we're absolutely here to help you yeah. And, that, and that's huge too. You know, it, just because it's not cash flowing, especially when people are purchasing, like this is the crazy one too, is people will purchase with a VA loan, put no money into it, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a couple thousand in closing costs or something, but yeah. no actual money into their home. And then, you know, but be like, well, now I, I'm not cash flow. Like if I have to deploy, 
I'm, I'm only going to get within $200. I'm going to lose money. And it's just like, no, you're not. It's yeah. not losing money. Yeah. Like you put you're, zero money into this thing. Yeah. You're losing 200, but you're gaining, like you know, however 2,500 and you know, yeah. someone's paying your mortgage and yeah. paying that stuff. And then you're getting, you'll get more than that 200 back in deductions and depreciation, just in taxes. Exactly. And you're you're yeah. kind of cash flowing anyway, but, right. but it's just, and again, that's just to the mindset right. and that's to the education piece and, and exposure. And, it, and it's also into, you know, your personal situation. So mm-hmm. for some people, uh, you know, breaking even isn't sufficient because right. they, they do need that cash flow. They need that monthly income in mm-hmm. order to, to survive, in order right. to pay bills. And so again, like it's not one size fits all. Right, right. Well, the cool thing though, when people are deployed and that's one of the things I hear a lot too. And I'm like, think about this, you're deployed because now, you know, you still yep. keep your housing allowance because yep. that's part of your pay. Yep. So you're deployed. <laughs> and if you're renting that out, even if you're like coming at like $200 short, let's just say, yeah dude, you just got your housing allowance that you're not yeah. utilizing right. because someone else is paying your yeah. Yeah. mortgage for you while yeah. you're gone. You get, you get your That's entire huge. housing allowance minus for that six, 200. seven, eight, nine months, however long you're gone, yeah. you're, you're yeah. making that money. Yeah. Plus all the tax-free money if you're in a combat zone. Yeah, yeah, that's, that starts to add up pretty well. Yeah, it adds up nicely. <laughs> that's ah oh man, it's tax-free money. Yeah, you know, that was that was one of the harshest lessons because I was still a Washington resident from when I was stationed there. And yeah, and so when I was in California for a long time, I was still a Washington resident. Uh, okay, and not paying California state tax, and then yeah. like you know, obviously the day after retirement. Yeah, it, it's like they were waiting for you at the <laughs> gate. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, like, let's just tack a little something onto there. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, that was a, a little bit of a learning curve there or not learning club, just smack in the face, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So what's your, what's your next play? Uh, my next play is just really just getting these companies to take off. We're doing a next seed funding round for at ease. Right. Uh, we're super close to our 120,000. We're, we're going for half of a million. So a $500,000 raise, uh, but we're getting our first payout at 120. So, uh, we're super close to that. So once we get there, mm-hmm. we'll get a nice injection into the company, um, which will fuel a whole lot of company growth. Okay. And so that's, that's really my main goal is just, I'm, I'm in pure company growth mode mm-hmm. right now. I'm, I'm, I'm living off of, uh, ketchup packets and, right. and, and, uh, living out of my car and, uh, doing everything that I can to conserve everything back. Yeah. And, just everything yep. back into the company. And, uh, cause I know very familiar with that because <laughs> I know it's going to pay back in, mm-hmm. in the long run. And right. so, um, that's, that's my main goal right now. Yeah. Well, what, where can, uh, if someone wanted to invest in there, like where, so it's, um, I think it's uh, next seed slash PCS. Okay. Uh, I can get you the link. Yeah. Get so the you, link and we'll add it. You can drop it. Yeah. yeah. Or you can, anyway, can contact us too. And we'll send it to them. If they just yeah. send us an email, yeah. we'll, we'll send it to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you need any of my contact information, uh, I can give you all that stuff. Yeah. Well. Why don't you rattle it off real quick and okay. then we'll, we'll get it all from you and we'll post it as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for the righteous rentals, it's uh, Greg at stay righteous, uh, S-T-A-Y dash R-I-G-H-T-E-O-U-S.com. And then for, if you want to talk military housing, PCS at ease stuff, it's Greg at PCS at ease, A-T-E-E-A-S-E. So uh, you can reach me out there. And then uh, my number, if you, if you want it, is uh, 
609-609-9644. So you can go ahead and reach out to me there as well. Right on. And like I said, I'm, I'm more than happy to help anybody else out. Like, like I said, I, I got to where I am today because I had a couple really awesome mentors that took me under their wing and, and taught me the ropes and, and showed me the path. And right. so I'm really looking forward to paying it forward. That's huge. Yeah. No, I appreciate you coming. And normally I would ask for all your information at the end, but I definitely still want to get a horror story <laughs> oh, and okay. show, share one, like, you know, share a time when something didn't go completely right you know, <laughs> back to the failure mode. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a couple, there's a couple really good ones. Uh, I'll tell two, I'll tell two quick ones. One of them going to your point about, you know, vetting and uh-huh. fact checking. I had this cleaning lady that was an absolute nightmare, like just absolute nightmare. She would, she used Voxer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Voxer, mm-hmm. but it's basically just voice. Walkie-talkie. Yeah, walkie-talkie. Yeah. But she would literally just send me these Voxes of her like screaming over the phone and I would get these things. I would dread it every time she contacted <laughs> me. She would always just do really stupid things or things that would just make me scratch my head. One of them was... Instead of vacuuming and sweeping the house, she would use a leaf blower. And this is inside. This right. isn't her taking care of the yard. Yeah. This is her like <laughs> take, cleaning the inside of the house with a leaf blower. It's her system. Yeah. And another one was she she took my microwave because she did she did vacation rental cleanings for a couple different clients. Mm-hmm. She took my microwave out of my property without my consent and put it in somebody else's property. And when I found out about it, I'm like, why, what made you think that you could, oh, well, I needed it out of another property. It's not their microwave, it's my microwave. What happens if it breaks over there? Like it's my microwave. So she was a nightmare. So lesson learned on that one was vet your people. Even if they're a contractor, 1099, if Mm -hmm. you're working with them, vet them, make sure there's somebody that you want to work with that, you know, is honorable and does the right thing for the right reasons, because that'll grind your business to a halt very quickly if you don't do that. A guest horror story was we actually had this guy, it wasn't that long ago, he... And again, this is kind of going into the vetting thing. It's a little bit harder with guests. We've, right. in, we've implemented a lot more processes and procedures uh, as a result of this. I thought we had it covered at the time, but this highlighted my lack of understanding on how much I needed to go through it. Right. But we essentially had a guest. He laid it on super thick. He goes, hey, I want to stay with you. Um, my... Uh, grandfather was a Marine because on my, on my profile, it says that I'm a Marine. Right. And he goes, my grandfather was a Marine. We just want to have a nice family dinner. Oh, by the way, is your house wheelchair accessible because he's in a wheelchair, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, this seems like a legit guy. Like I, I was like, okay, do you accept all the house rules? Like no excessive noise, no parties, no this. He's like, no, absolutely not. Like it's just a nice dinner with my grandparents and my family and blah, 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 blah. He shows up and throws a huge party, shoots off fireworks, upsets the neighbors, obviously. The neighbors call me and say, what is going on? Why are you allowing this to happen? I'm like, what are you talking about? This guy said that he was having a family dinner. What what do you mean? Yeah. They're like, no, he's shooting off fireworks. He's doing this. He's doing that. And I was like, okay. So I called him up immediately. I actually called him with the owner on the phone. I was like, I had the owner in the background. I was like, 
hey, I just want you to know that this is going on at your house. I want you to be here as my backstop. Mm -hmm. And so that in case anything happens, like you are fully aware. And so I called him and the owner is in the background and I'm like, hey, man, are you using fireworks? Are you are you shooting off fireworks? He's like, no, absolutely not. We have no, no fireworks, nothing. I was like, so you have nothing that looks like a firework, sounds like a firework, anything like smells like a firework, like nothing resembling a firework. Nope, absolutely not. I'm like, okay, forewarning, if you keep making noise, the police will be called, the neighbors will call the police and you will be evicted. Right. He's like, okay, got it. And he keeps, no more fireworks were shot off, but he does keep making making noises. We ended up calling the police and getting them over there uh, and shutting them down. And then I went over there after he checked out and I found fireworks at the property. And I was just like, come on, man. Like, like, did you think that I wasn't going to find them? That yeah. I wasn't going to see them? He didn't do a very good job hiding them either. Yeah. Like there were like sparkler sticks just like laying on the ground in the backyard. There was a huge fountain firework that was like sitting right next to the trash can. It was like, the dude was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I confronted him about it because I, I took photos of all of that stuff and I reported him to Airbnb. He was like, oh yeah, somebody planted the fireworks. I'm like, <laughs> nice. you're an idiot, man. Like, come on. <laughs> But yeah, so you run into those every now and then, you know, it sucks that those people exist, but there's always that 10%. Yeah. You can't get so upset about those things. And that was one thing that I had a hard time with, again, going from military to civilian is, you know, the tolerance for stupidity yeah. and tolerance for, for people that are just outwardly untrustworthy or outwardly trying to misrepresent yeah. themselves yeah. or, and so that was probably one of the hardest pills that I had to swallow at getting out was like realizing that there's people out there that are just, they're just going to do bad stuff. And yeah. so you do your, no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. You do your best to avoid them. You do your best to prevent them from getting near you, but sometimes they squeak through and you just have to, you just have to deal with the situation and continue on. So that's, yeah. that's just, that was probably the biggest lesson I learned from that one. <laughs> that's true. And there's always going to be those horror stories. And, and to yeah. me, that's why, especially if you, I'd say, especially if you're doing more than one, if you have a second property for sure, just offload it. Cause that was it for me. Cause the bandwidth, yeah. it takes like let a letter professional do it. If you, especially if you're still working, you're still yeah. have a job and stuff like that, because it is, it can be tough to do those things. And, but I'll say, it, because I've had a couple of nightmares myself, yeah. but for some of those, like then you have a million good guests. Right. And then you have some that where like the cleaning team's gone in and called me like, Hey, were, were there guests? I, yeah. I had a, a checkout scheduled. There's a, a bunch of towels in the dryer and there's sheets in the washer, but the place doesn't look like it's yep. been lived in. And there's, so there's people who Absolutely. like leave the place without a trace. Absolutely. And you're just like, Oh my God, you know, yeah. like, that some phenomenal people, but you do, I do have like uh, to your party story. I just made me think of it. You know, <laughs> Cause the same thing, you know, you have those contracts and you have it right, right there. So they have to read it when they sign, they say, yep. Hey, I've read and understand the house rules. Right. Yep. And we had this one, a similar thing where they're getting together for, uh, strangely enough, I think this one had said they're there for the guys graduating, uh, Marine boot camp because mm -hmm. you know, near MCRD, the houses. Yeah. And, but it really wasn't, <laughs> or maybe it was, and there was in conjunction with, but then to, at least to his credit, I guess, you know, from reading the stuff, he accepted it book. Yeah. And then he, then he, uh, reached out, you know, and, and I talked to him and he's like, Hey, I just want to, you know, run something by you. I know there's like no parties and stuff. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's not a good start. If you're yeah. saying you know that, 
Um, but we were looking to do this. It was like, have a band, have this big thing. He's like, but I, but I'll kick back 25% of the door take to you. I'm like, that doesn't sound like not a party, dude. Like, no, like, let's just delete that. Uh, like we're just going to delete your uh, little reservation and move yeah. on and save everyone in the hassle. But at least that I mean, had to be like, well, thanks for at least, yeah, at least, thanks for at least, at least reaching asking. out. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, uh, I guess, better than nothing, but yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had a couple of those, right? The most recent one, this dude literally sent me, he goes, Hey, I see you don't allow events or parties. Does that include bachelor parties? I'm like, Yep. <laughs> like, probably more than most. Right. That's like, probably one of the worst ones to have. That might be the definition of what I do not allow. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. But there's some phenomenal people too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't. 90% I, at least. Are. Yeah. And and I, I don't mean to scare people away from vacation rentals because, you know, obviously there's already those horror stories yeah. out there. You know, it's it's. It's the same thing as the news. Like mm-hmm. it's way easier to find bad news sure. than good news. A hundred percent. And so you have to you have to understand that unfortunately there is a little bit of bad with the good, mm-hmm. but there's mitigation measures, there's systems in place that you can do to prevent it. So it's not right. like you're one hundred you're not getting partier after partier after right. partier. There there's a lot of very good, nice people out there that just want a house to stay in versus yeah. a hotel room. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of times you get a lot of good families too, because kind Absolutely. of like your point of the PCS moves, you've got people right. who want to go on a vacation maybe, yeah. but they can have a lot more fun, go do a yeah. lot more stuff. If they can also go to the grocery store and buy groceries and cook right. meals for their family, yeah. as opposed to having to rent three hotel rooms right. for a family of like six or something, you know? Right. Um, so, and especially, big, especially in today's world where we're, there's a shift in how people do work. We're going more and more mobile. We're mm-hmm. going more and more laptop work. We're going more and more travel remote work. Like Mm -hmm. people are traveling more for work. So like there's just more people that are, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's corporate or families or first responders or whatever, like there's people that are just constantly relocating. Like we're turning into a a really, truly global economy, like where people are just traveling 24 seven. So those people need places to stay. And you know, that's a good point too. Some great renters. I've had several times different groups contact me for like yeah. a company that, Hey, we're doing a project in San Diego yeah. or, you know, whatever the case is, we need to rent for like six weeks minimum. Yeah. And the only thing they care about is like, Hey, is the Wi-Fi good? Yeah. Because we're going to have to be doing at night. We're doing our contracts. We're doing all this stuff. We'll be yeah. out during the day. And that all they care is like, Hey, is it, is it comfortable? And like, does the Wi-Fi work? And yeah. they'll come in that. Those are the best. Yeah. I actually, it's, it's funny because of the industry squabble, but I actually have three guests right now that are staying in my place in Imperial beach that are actually here doing renovations on a hotel. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so they're here working on a hotel, but they're staying, staying in an in Airbnb. Competition. Yeah, they're staying in an Airbnb. So it was in IB, which is phenomenal yeah. rental market right now. Yeah. So yeah, you can't go wrong there. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so, a good one. But yeah, man. Awesome, dude. Well, hey, I, I really do appreciate you coming and sharing this stuff and uh, talking to us about um, what you're doing and some cool stuff coming up. And I think we've had some talks with some pretty cool ideas to uh, do some 
unique projects yeah, in the man. future. So I'm excited to uh, see what we can come up with that. Yeah. And again, anyone with any questions and want to like kind of learn the roadmap for, for the short-term rentals, or even know if that's the best option for you, like right. hit up Greg or hit me up and we'll uh, connect you with Greg. Absolutely. And yeah. And help people make some money. Yeah, man. Save a few of those mistakes. Absolutely. All At right. the end of the day, we're all on the same team. Absolutely. Hey, cool. thanks a lot, Greg. Yeah, my pleasure. Appreciate it. Now we'll just finish our whiskey and, uh, <laughs> and just go have a good time. Yeah, dude. I, this is, this is, probably the best podcast I've ever had. I don't think I've ever been on a podcast where they gave me a glass of whiskey. So this is awesome. Hey, well, welcome, welcome home. (laughs) Appreciate it, bro. All right, man. Thanks again. Have a good one.